Uh, Royal Road, I suggest it to everybody. There are people who are against it. They say, watch out. People are going to steal your book. Um, I guess that could happen, but it ha- didn't happen with us. For us, it allowed us to find an audience. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lit RPG Banter, where we talk all things Lit RPG, Game Lit, Cultivation, and Progression Fantasy. Today, we are very excited to be sitting down with Damien Hansen, author of Buy Mort, a fantastic novel, perhaps depicting one of the more realistic alternatives for the apocalypse. Damien, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Damien, I, I love your Buy Mort series. I was reading it this week to sort of familiarise myself with it, and the idea is just brilliant. I, can you give us an idea of who you are and maybe lead into something about the Buy Mort series for us? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my name's Damien, of course. I am an author living here in South Korea, which is a little bit different for a lot of the people in our genre, I think. Uh, I was a university professor until just uh, this year, actually. And, uh, hey, yeah. And the idea behind the series actually came from, uh, I'd say it came from the internet, from Facebook mostly. Um, the, The fact that everything you do, you constantly have uh, ad crunch, right? You, know, you constantly have ads popping up around that. Everything you look at, everything you watch, um, everything that happens in your life, actually. Uh, so sometimes it's a good thing. Other times it's a really just awful thing because the algorithms don't, they, they don't have a sense of human emotion or a sense of human uh, responsibility behind what they advertise and who they advertise to. They don't have a sense of timing either. Um, there was, my, my son got very sick uh, when he went into first grade. Uh, that was, uh, after he got sick, he had to be hospitalized for quite a long while. And during that time period was when Facebook decided to tell me all about special hospitals and family mm. uh, health insurance plans. And that really, I would say, was the biggest nugget that set this idea forth of the shopocalypse that we, of course, experience in the series. But that that sounds really grim. And I, I you know, there is that sense of, uh, of grimness there, but we try to make it lighthearted. Uh, Phelps and I very much didn't want this to be a horror story, even though... In the background, I suppose it is, but we tried to make it more lighthearted, try to make people have fun with it and uh, laugh, and I think we succeeded, fortunately. I would say you have definitely succeeded. I was hooked from the moment he sort of introduced us to the uh, granny character early on. And oh. I, I just, <laughs> I mean, you can even tell early on when you're reading... I'm not sure if this is you drawing from personal experience, but a, a frustration with the... Um, the online shopping scenario and with with a system in general is it coming from a place of your own frustration or are you drawing on someone else's experience there oh absolutely it's uh it's my own frustration there uh i don't know how many times i've been bothered by the fact that uh the ads and facebook know exactly what's going on in my life 
but they also, like I said, there's no sense of propriety. They just, mm. they, they just shove themselves in your face. They don't care what's going on. They, they really just want you to buy their product. And uh, so, yeah, that, that feeds exactly into the series, for, for sure. It's a personal experience that just gets shoved in there. So I think it is a more natural evolution than some sort of uh, martial art cultivation system. It, it's actually the realistic evolution of what would evolve in the cosmos is something commercially driven and, and very much money driven. I can see that happening. In terms of the series, you've got five books now, I believe. Is it five or six? Where are we at? Well, we're on five, and uh, book six is slowly going up on Royal Road. And the whole series itself is uh, set to be seven books total. Because we want to go out on a bang. We're not going to stretch it out. We, we've got a story plan, yep. and we're going to follow it. Hey, let's go to Royal Road for a sec. So there's a lot of, you know, maybe new authors out there trying Lit RPG, and some of them go the Royal Road at, sort of as a starting point or a lower barrier to entry. How's your experience been on Royal Road? Do you have any tips for anyone starting out or anyone who has traditionally written and wants to try Royal Road for fun? Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I have a little bit of a morning cold here. Um, <clears throat> oh. That's all right. Enjoy the water. We've got to stay hydrated as horses. Very important to look after. Our <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Royal Road, I suggest it to everybody. There are people who are against it. They say, watch out. People are going to steal your book. Um, I guess that could happen, but it has, didn't happen with us. For us, it allowed us to find an audience. Uh, both myself and my co-author, uh, Joseph Phelps, we, we weren't big names. I mean, nobody knew who we were. And when we put out the story, it allowed people to actually see who we were without any risk to themselves. They, they didn't have to put any money down to, to try us out. So they didn't feel cheated at all. And it gave us that platform we needed to get out there. Now, in terms of strategy, we, we kind of bucked the trend a little bit because there is a strategy guide out there that people can find. And God, I wish I could remember who wrote it because we tried to follow that in the beginning. The whole idea... I think has got one. I, I don't know who's got the others, but I know Festifier has a very popular one. Okay, and that that probably is the one, because I know there's one that's like gospel. People love it, and there's good reason behind that. <clears throat> so you bucked the trend. You went sort of your own road, which is, uh, by all all accounts, seems to be very successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it worked out very well, but it wasn't intentional, because the guide says, <clears throat> do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we just couldn't write it quickly enough. We, we still had a lot of stuff to work out. So we ended up going Monday, Wednesday, Friday for our posting. And, of course, the idea behind the Monday through Friday is also uh, try to vary it up on times. So, you know, have your morning post and then switch it up with the afternoon post, switch it up with the night post. Try to get that message out to as many people as you can because different people around the world are logging in at different times. And then later, get to a regular posting time. But, you know, originally you just pop it around. Um, Sorry, and there's Damon, also... we lost you for a sec there. Um, I oh, got cut off just can you hear me now? Yep, got you. 
So, uh, sorry, we're having issues down here in Australia. The whole Optus network went down. <laughs> about two days oh, ago. okay. I do apologize. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, it happens. So what I was talking about was uh, with the posting, people, like uh, you're advised to post at different times in, in mm. your first month. When, when you're doing your first month, you're advised to do morning post, uh, afternoon post, evening post. And that's a great idea because then you get people from around the world who log in at different times instead of just that same group of people who log in when you want to post every day. So perfect strategy for that. Uh, they advise doing like three posts a day. We also did not do that because we just didn't have the material for it. That's um, a lot of content. It is, yeah. And the idea behind that is you save up like 100, 100 posts, and then you, you can use a bunch of those in that first month to really drive the audience, to really get people in. But you do, you, you do have to plan ahead for that if you're going to try that out. So we didn't do that. Yeah, well, um, I think we did. I'm trying to remember that first month. I, I think the first month we, we were set to do the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then people in the comments were asking for more. So we kind of dipped in and gave them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for a few weeks. And then went back to our planned Monday, Wednesday, Friday because we couldn't keep up that pace. Mm-hmm. And it, it did work. Um, I, I think the the audience interaction is also important on Royal Road because you know it's it's very it's very much a community there. So keep up with the comments and talk with people and show them you're listening. Uh, include them. I, I one thing I like to do is um, most of the affiliates in the book are named after Royal Road fans who were very communicative in the comments. Oh, I like that. That's, that's yeah, a really good thing in community involved. It's very fun, too, because then when, when people see that, they're just like, oh, my God, I'm in the book. <laughs> it's just great. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you got to enjoy your fans, and that's a great way to do that. I think even separate to writing, one of the common pieces of business advice people give is if you want to generate leads, you go and give something away for free. And that's kind of what Royal Road is initially. It's a way to generate leads via giving someone a freemium model and, hey, they can go and pay for your Patreon or they can go and pay for a little extra content or they can go and get it when it's out on Amazon if you go down that route. But it is a really good way to generate leads, at least from what I've talked to most people who've been on Royal Road. Uh, let's talk about being a professor. Is that something you did full-time while writing? Is that something part-time? What's going on there? Oh, yeah, it's something I did full-time while I was writing. Uh, but one thing that kind of helped is the university was slowly, slowly dying. I mean, you know, one, mm. one thing about being here in Korea is they, they have the population issues. So a lot of uh, uh, the, the student counts are going down. And so classes were cutting. Uh, I was getting more and more free time, and that definitely helped out a lot. Um, so... In a way, writing became my main gig, even though yeah. technically it wasn't, if, if that makes sense. I don't know if I would have had time, yeah. Because, you know, the, the, a lot of people looking in at it from the outside, as you know, right, a lot of people who look at writing see it as something easy and simple, just like, oh, yeah, you just wake up and you write. Yeah. And, 
you know, you, you write, write a few chapters in an hour and then, you know, you a couple of days of that and you have a book and then you just sell it and, you know, people see immediately that it's great. You don't have to deal with advertising or anything. They just, one person picks it up, reads it, then he runs out on the streets and it's like, oh my God, everybody read this. And then, you know, then you're a famous author. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it doesn't work that way. So uh, no, I... having yeah, having the university wind down like that actually was very beneficial to me because it gave me time to do not just the writing, but also learning all the other aspects of the job as well. Because, you know, you, you got to take classes. You got to figure out how to do your your uh, your own advertising and mm. uh, how to talk to people and get your, your name out there to how to set up your platform. Um, Road, Road itself, you know, you, you have to read the article. You know the one I'm talking about. You, you need to read that and you need to... Yeah, you need to sit down with that and understand it and then try to apply it to what you can offer. Because definitely for us, we could not offer what they suggested. But we did find a way to make it work for us. It, it very much helped us a lot with that. Um, and I really like the business mindset you're bringing there. One, you found the opportunity in the crisis of the university winding down. But two, you found that what was standard was something you couldn't deliver. So you went and delivered a high quality alternative. I like both of those. And I think that's probably something some of the listeners might enjoy because, you know, there's a lot of people coming at this who are traditional writers. There are a lot of people coming at this who just do it full time. There's also a lot of people doing it on the side and it's very hard to make that transition. I certainly have and I I probably never will. I, I work full time as a doctor and as I approach dadhood, I don't think I'll, I probably won't write as much as I do now. So, how do you how did you fit it in? How did you get started and then transition as time went down? What's your motivation? Um, well the you know, motivations change over time. My original debut book that I first put out was something I worked on for years and kind of put down actually because I was I was halfway through it when my son got sick. And so that that whole thing stopped, right? And then, yeah, sometime after, I mean, he, he came back, when, when he finally came back home, it had been so long, and he came back home, and I, I was trying to pick up the pieces and uh, put my life back together, or try to from where it was. You know, everything always has changed after, but trying to put everything back together, and I saw that book sitting there, half finished, and I realized, this needs to finish or I'm not going to move on. It's always going to be in my head. Like that's one mm. thing that needs to be done. And so that's kind of where the whole author experience started was me sitting down and being like, okay, this was a hobby and now it's a necessary goal. Mm. And so I finished that one and it, it didn't do that great, but that was fine. I, I needed it done. Right. And it oh, got yeah. the attention of another author and I started co-writing with him. Like he contacted me and we started talking and we started co-writing these little projects, these side projects. Uh, none of them did that well, which is kind of normal. Like, you know, when, when you first start Very out, they, they that well, yeah, <laughs> but we worked on them and um, I learned a lot from them actually in terms of uh, all the side things that hobbyists really need to know about um, editing, formatting, uh, taking care of all the support stuff, because when you're a small guy, you don't have 
the the finance, or you you can't justify the finance. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> you can't you can't just jump on Fiverr and be like, yeah, okay, I need a formatter, I need I need uh, I need a, a line editor, editor, I need a copy editor, I need all these different kinds <laughs> of editors. Yeah, you're you're not going to get that money back. I mean, and you know that you know that going into it. So, uh, so it was great working with him. I learned all of those basics and uh, how to sit down and just do that myself, right? And it also gave me so much passion towards uh, towards becoming an actual like recognized author, uh, someone who could have a few hundred people who constantly wanted more which was kind of what became my goal I wasn't thinking big big but I was at that point there then where I wanted to have that community I wanted to have that constant community and that really drove me and it pushed me you keep going right got to find got to find that that story that people want and you get really galvanized and energetic about it you're just like yes I, I'm gonna find it I'm gonna find the story that everyone wants to read right and that that becomes your new motivation your new drive um, which is kind of funny because that's another, I think, maybe misperception that a lot of us are in it thinking, okay, I'm going to do this to become a millionaire. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, it's for the fans. It's, you, know, you want to write stuff that people are going to talk about in the Facebook groups or on Discord because that's the stuff that really gets you grinning, you know. When, when you, you log in, yeah, yeah, you wake up one day and you, you look at uh, – say, Lit RPG Forum, and you see, oh, my God, someone mentioned my book. Yes. Like, I this. <laughs> it's like, this is what it's all about. <laughs> it sounds like you're actually operating off fairly traditional stoic principles there. One, you know, you found obstacles, but you came through the obstacles, and the obstacle is the way is one of those tenants. Also, controlling the, controlling the goals and thinking about the goals that you can do. So you focused on delivering uh, a high quality product. You can't necessarily control inviting how many people read your book or buy your book, but you can focus on delivering a product. And if you don't succeed with that product, you go and write another high quality product. I really like that approach. I think it's helpful. Yeah, I mean, you, you, gotta, you definitely have to have an idea in mind as to what you want to do. And that was, that was what I wanted to do, yeah. I mean, I, I've heard of people just, shooting them out and mm. i have never heard of people succeeding in that <laughs> if you know what i mean here right yep. uh, i think we're all mindful yeah, yeah. of that with uh artificial intelligence jasper uh, chat gpt where it's really seeing where things are going yes yeah, yeah i've i've read a number of those articles i mean because that not just because they're a bit terrifying but because mm. they're there's it's so pleasant when you get to the the meat of the article and they talk about how all of these books, all these uh, chat GPT AI mentioned series, average three stars on Amazon. I'm just like, yes. yes. <laughs> Take that, chat GPT. <laughs> um, what are you reading at the moment? What, what does Damien Hansen read when he wants to relax or know more about the genre? Orconomics. That, that's what I've been reading. Interesting. Uh, the, yeah, the third book just came out, I want to say a month ago. And I was shocked because the, the author of that series, it, it took him, I want to say, three or four years to come out with that third book. And, wow. Um, yeah, and I, I believe, I, I thought it was signed up to 
to his uh, website. So I was surprised to just find it randomly online. Because I, I was at the point where I thought, okay, this book's probably not coming out. And then randomly, I just saw, like, oh, my God, book three's out. And I got no notification. It kind of made me a little bit upset. Even. Yeah. So, yep, that's the one I'm reading now. Not as quickly as the last two, only because I've been so busy. But that mm. series is amazing. And ironically, the theme of it is very much, uh, very much in the, the same vein as Bymort. Whereas DCC, <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about Dungeon Crawler Carl being in that same <laughs> vein where it's just like the shopocalypse. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's mass marketing attacking the people. Uh, <laughs> in their case, in Orconomics, what he does is, uh, he takes his principle of the market and he applies it to Dungeons and Dragons, really. So okay. you have yeah, you have the Adventurers Guild and Adventurers go on quests. First they fill out the necessary paperwork and then they go out on quests and they fulfill the quest and then they go back to the Adventurers Guild and they submit the results of the quest and they apply for level ups and uh, promotions. And <laughs> yeah, Behind this whole thing, there's a whole, uh, I want to say, the adventurer industrial complex that is oh, yeah, in charge of. I yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're in charge of uh, acquisitions. Well, whenever a dungeon is taken care of, all these different teams come in from all the different guilds and various corporations. Oh. And they, yeah, uh, adventurer, adventuring parties will be invested in. And uh, different companies own shares in an adventuring party, so they send their teams in to take their share of the loot when a when a uh, party successfully completes a dungeon. the The whole thing is madness, and it's amazing madness. It's mercantile madness. It's right up my alley. Um, and the the world itself, he dives into it so well. Like one mm -hmm. one thing I very much enjoyed about it is uh, healing potions are very addictive. And the reason Ooh. behind it is, yeah, when, when you're hurt and you drink a healing potion, it feels so good. So you get these healing potion junkies that are all around the, the city, and they, they just, they, they, they'll cut themselves and then drink a healing potion just for that rush. Right? Oh, and that's something angle. I... Yeah, it's such an interesting angle. It, it really, you 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 run into stuff like that throughout the whole series. And every time you're just pulled in, you're just like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. And I never thought of that. Like, I wish I had, I wish I could say this was my idea. I wish I could bring it to the next D and D session without any sort of guilt. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> then they'd be like, well, you're such an awesome DM. And like, yes, yes I am. But no, that never happened. Uh, wonderful series. Uh, the, the first, uh, the the first real story arc wraps up in book one and two, and I think that might be why book three took so long. But mm -hmm. even though I'm going slowly at this third one, it's still got all those same elements. It's still a wonderful read. And I really can't wait to find out what the new crisis is. Uh, who is the author? I, I should have written that down. That's I can't remember his Pike. name. I was just looking it up. Uh, yeah, Zach Pike. Zach Pike. I think that's right. I, Zach Pike, yep. Uh, J. Yep. Zachary Pike, Orconomics, The Dark Prophet Saga. Yes, oh, that's the one. 
Yeah, you got to check that out. In fact, uh, if you can find him for a podcast, I'd love to watch that too. Oh, I'll I get the feeling he's very busy, but yeah, track him, track him down. <laughs> okay. Well, we are getting towards the end of our time. There are so many things I could dig into you with D and D, DMing, all that sort of business. But I would love for you to just tell me what you're working on. Tell me what's coming out for you, and what would you like to plug? All right. Well, uh, what what I'm working on. We're working on book six, of course, of the series. Uh, that mm-hmm. is already up on Royal Road. Uh, I want to say five or six chapters. We've had to slow down. At the end of every book, we always have a, about a month of slow motion while we try to mm-hmm. get everything back together. So it's mm-hmm. it's been going up uh, Monday, Friday. And we're going to work back up to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if we can go fast enough, we'll actually speed that up even more. But probably it'll just be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I hope people are happy with that. And on the side, I'm working on a more traditional lit RPG as well. That's uh, an homage to my little brother's favorite D&D character from back when we were playing D&D in high school. Middle school and high school. Um, He's been kind of my main arc reader for that one. And he's enjoying it a lot so far. So I have great high expectations for that one one once it's ready to go out but that's not going to come out for a while because that one was inspired um i wish i brought this up before um i i'm taking a creative writing well not course i'm getting my creative writing masters from whole university and every uh every semester we have to write the outline and basis of a book and then write some chapters for that and then we move on and uh the last semester we were doing uh fantasy writing and so this book project came up from that and i decided i'm going to finish it and it's going to be the basis of a new series so that one i've been going through and i've been extending it when i have time and uh, putting in more chapters and i'm expecting hopefully expecting it's the first book to be ready for royal road in january which is quite a ways away but it's coming. Do yep. we have so a buy more of a title, or is that under wrap? Oh, we do have, uh, uh, looking at, uh, what, uh, I can't think of it, because I, I had three titles. <laughs> okay. so the first you title was Jeldorain, and then it moved on. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the working title right now is uh, The Chains Infernal. Oh. And the very basis of it is a uh, is a gamer guy who is summoned to another planet or to another world, game physics. But in this case, he's actually his soul is uh, made to possess the body of a demon. And uh, this, yeah, the the demon itself, its soul doesn't just go away. He's sharing that body with the demon, and it's kind of cloistered a bit, and it's not happy with its situation. Uh, and uh, a lot of Bad things are going to happen because of that. Okay. Well, maybe our listeners can let us know in the chat or in the comments whether you think The Chains Infernal is a great name or if you have alternate suggestions. Damien, that has been some magnificent banter. I love the symmetry of you being a professor and now going back to university for your new career. It has been oh, a yeah, pleasure. Oh, yeah, that's been interesting. <laughs> and you have a great day. <laughs>